I'm glad that you're here today. And let me tell you why. Uh, not just because I like you, but I'm, I'm glad that you're here because today you get to feel, you get to experience, and you get to hear something that everyone is looking for. And that is peace. And that peace doesn't come from within. That peace comes from the unconditional love that your God has for you. The unconditional love that He has for you through His Son, Jesus, who lived and died for you. So that your sins are completely forgiven. So that you're at peace with Him. That's where peace comes from. And that's what you get to leave here today with. And I believe, and I know, you will. You'll be filled with that peace as you leave. Because of God's Word. Earlier this week, I was asking, or I asked our starting point class, uh, is it easy or hard to love someone? And I got two answers. One, they said, easy. A few of the others said, it's hard. And both are correct, right? Uh, Because it depends on who it is. If it's someone that you like, if it's someone that you enjoy being with, if it's someone that you want to like you, then it's really easy to love that person. But if it's someone who, who gets on your nerves, if it's someone who annoys you, if it's someone who's critical of you, someone who's hurt you, it, it's not so easy to love that person. Loving people is one of the hardest things that we do in life. It's so hard uh, that uh, a woman named Emily wrote an article all about this. In fact, she entitled it, Why Loving Someone is the Hardest Thing I've Ever Done. And She starts by quoting Jesus' uh, saying where he says, Love others as you would love yourself. And she walks through the the article and through her life experience, through a relationship with a family member that's rejected her, was critical of her, she came to the conclusion that loving someone who doesn't love you is the hardest thing that you could do. Uh, In fact, she says it's so hard that it can't be done. In her article, she says, Sorry, Jesus, but you were wrong. You were wrong. Loving others is not easy. Loving people as yourself cannot be done. And she, she, says, she actually looks at Jesus and says, Maybe, Jesus, you were unclear about your message. Because how could you, Jesus, love the people who tortured you? How could you, Jesus... Forgive those who mocked you. How could you, Jesus, love people who didn't love you? The answer she's looking for? He couldn't have. He can't. Because it's impossible to love those who don't love you. That is her conclusion. And it's the hardest thing to do. And if we're honest with ourselves, that's a little attractive, isn't it? Because if, if that's true, if Jesus was unclear of what he meant in that message, if he was unclear and, and we only need to love those who we feel are worthy of love or who we want to love, well, then that's easy. Then I don't have to worry about those people who don't love me or who hurt me. And that's attractive. But if Jesus was unclear, if Jesus was unclear, then what does that mean about Jesus' love for us? Where does that leave us in God's standing? Does Jesus have to love all people then? Does He love all people then? Does He love you? 
You see, if Jesus is unclear, then his love might be limited and I might be out of it. And so today we're going to look at Jesus' love, and we're going to do so by looking at Luke chapter 13, beginning with verse 31. I'm going to give you background as we go along, so we're just going to jump right in. Luke chapter 13, 31. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. So this is within the last month of Jesus' life, and he's on his way to Jerusalem for the final time. And and as he's going, he comes to a territory called Perea. And so here's the map. So Jesus' main base of operations is Capernaum up here. And he's making his way down through here. He's in Perea when uh, he receives this word. Now, he receives word that Herod wants to kill him. You may recognize Herod's name. Because in Matthew chapter 2, where right after Jesus was born, the Magi from the east come, and they come to King Herod, and King Herod wants to kill Jesus, so he has all the babies under two years old and uh, Bethlehem killed. That's King Herod the Great. He died shortly after Jesus was born. And after that, the Roman government broke up his territory. His territory is all in black here, and the outline in black. That's what he ruled. After he died, uh, the Roman government split it up between his three sons. And so Jesus is in Perea, and Herod Antipas is the one ruling this. He's also the one who's going to be there at Holy Week when he wants Jesus to perform miracles for him. That's the same Herod. Here he sends word, or the Pharisees bring word that Herod wants to kill Jesus. Why? Because even though Jesus wasn't an earthly king, there were people who wanted to make Jesus a king. And if they want Jesus to be king, guess who they don't want to be ruling over them? Herod. Herod was losing control. He was losing the fear of the people. And so Jesus needed to get taken care of. And so the Pharisees, the Jewish religious leaders, come and bring word, hey, Herod wants you dead, Jesus. Leave this area. Seems loving, right? The only thing is the Pharisees also wanted Jesus dead. And at this time, we're plotting to kill him. And because everyone is getting ready to travel down to Jerusalem, guess where the Pharisees know Jesus is going if he leaves Perea? He's going to make his way to Jerusalem. Who's in Jerusalem? A bigger group of Pharisees who are plotting to kill Jesus. Jesus, leave this place, the Pharisees say. Herod wants to kill you. Here's how Jesus responds. He replied, go tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. What was Jesus' ministry all about? His whole entire ministry. Love, right? It was loving people. Driving out demons. Love. Healing people, love. Teaching people, love. Changing people's lives, love. That's what Jesus was all about. That's what his whole entire ministry was. It was about saving people and loving people. And here, Herod says, I'm going to kill you. And the Pharisees say, leave. And Jesus faced opposition and hatred and rejection and a bounty on his head. And yet Jesus says, I'm going to love. If you want to sum it up, here's your first point today. Jesus was determined to love people. Jesus was determined to love people. 
And so he tells the Pharisees, go tell Herod, I'm not leaving. I'm going to continue to cast out demons. I'm going to continue to heal people. He's going to continue to teach people as he's on his way to Jerusalem. No matter what opposition came, no matter what kind of bounty was on his head, he is going to love people. Because Jesus is determined to love. When was the last time you were determined to love somebody? Was it at work? When that same person corners you? The one that annoys you? And, and they corner you and they start talking to you and a half hour later your patience is so on edge but you were determined to love that person? Was it uh, the last time your spouse said something or did something that hurt you? And instead of getting bitter, instead of holding a grudge, you said, you know what, I'm, just, I'm determined to love and I'm going to show love and I'm going to act loving. Was it to a family member who was critical of you? They're critical of the way you're parenting, critical of the way uh, some choices you made in life. Uh, and, and instead of being bitter and, and holding a grudge against them, you said, I'm going to just, I'm going to love them. I'm determined to love. Was it to somebody on the other side of the political line? You disagree with them. They're boisterous. They like to voice their opinion all the time. You think they're wrong. But instead of criticizing them, instead of firing back, you say, I'm, I'm determined to love you. Is it, was it to your two-and-a-half-month-old daughter who is up at 11.30 at night when you're exhausted and she's crying and screaming because her stomach hurts and all you want to do is get frustrated and lose your patience and yet you say, I'm determined to love you. You know, when we walk through all those scenarios... I don't know about you, but my determination goes away pretty quickly in each of those situations. I don't have determination to love like Jesus. In fact, I lose my determination to love at at something very small compared to what Jesus was facing. Jesus is facing hatred, uh, a bounty on his head, and Jesus says, I'm going to continue to love people. Even the Pharisees. He doesn't leave the area. He wants to keep doing miracles in hopes that the Pharisees see his actions, see what's going on, and put their, his faith in them, in him. But I lose my determination so quickly. If someone does something I don't like, if someone says something I don't like, if I just think that someone is thinking something that I don't like, my determination goes away pretty quickly. And that's what's so incredible about Jesus' love, isn't it? Jesus doesn't say, oh, you're not going to love me. Oh, you're going to hate me. Oh, you're going to reject me. Oh, you're going to have a bounty out for me. Well, guess what? Fine, I'm going to go away and you're on your own and I don't love you. And no, Jesus never says that. He never says he's going to go and hole up and not continue to love people. He is going to continue to love because he's determined to love everyone. But Jesus doesn't love, his determination isn't just superficial. It's not just outward actions. Uh, We can have superficial love, right? Uh, We we can make somebody a meal, and it looks really loving, but inside I'm doing it not lovingly, I'm doing it because I feel like I have to. That's not the case with Jesus. Jesus isn't superficial. And we see that in what he says next. 
He turns his attention from where he's at in Perea. He turns his attention to Jerusalem where he's headed. And he knows he's going to face rejection from the Pharisees. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus' determination came from a heart beating with compassion. Did you notice how Jesus described Jerusalem? You who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. That's what Jerusalem was known for for a thousand years. Remember, Jesus is God. He's been around for eternity, right? His, his humanity had a beginning, but He didn't. He's been around forever. So for a thousand years, He kept sending prophet after prophet, just like Jeremiah, to the Israelites saying, Turn to God. Turn to me. Repent. Turn. And each time they wanted to kill or did kill the prophet that Jesus sent to them. And it's to this people that Jesus turns and says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've longed to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you were not willing. Have you ever seen a hen gather her chicks? (laughs) No? Well, uh, a hen, a mother hen with her baby chicks, when she feels that there's danger around, she runs after all of them, chasing them down, gets them in a corner, spreads her wings, and then sits on them to protect them from all harm and danger. Jesus is saying this is the love and compassion that He has for the people of Jerusalem. Even the the people who are rejecting Him. The people who are hating Him. He says, I long to gather you. I want to gather you. I'm chasing you down. I'm determined to love you. Because my heart has compassion for you. Because what does Jesus know is coming? What danger? Sin? The devil? And ultimately, hell. And Jesus doesn't want them to experience it. He says, I want to gather you. I want to protect you from it all. I want to endure it so that you're safe. But Jerusalem people, you're not willing. And that's our problem, isn't it? Why do we lose determination? It's because we don't have a heart full of compassion. Instead, what do we find in our hearts? Sin, right? And sin is selfishness. See, I don't have compassion because I'm inward focused. I don't like what you said. I don't like what you did. I don't like that you were critical. I don't like what you were thinking. I don't like what you emailed me. I don't like... And it's all about me and how it affects me. And when selfishness takes over my heart, it drives out compassion. But that wasn't the case with Jesus. Jesus says, you can hate me, you can reject me, and I don't care. I'm going to continue to love you because I'm determined to love you because my heart beats with compassion. And it's that same heart that He has for you. And this is what I want you to take away today, okay? 
I don't want you to leave here thinking, I need to go and be more like Jesus and love like Jesus. No, I want you to take this away. That same determination that Jesus had for loving people is the same determination that He has to love you. He was standing there facing hatred, opposition, rejection, because He was determined to love you. He knew you before the creation of the world, and He was determined to love you, and love you to the end. He was so determined to love you, that He didn't just face opposition and rejection and hatred. He was determined to love you that He took on your sin. Every wrong that you have committed, every failure that you've done, every mistake that you've made, everything that you're embarrassed about, Jesus says, give it to me. And I'm going to take it to the cross. Because He was so determined to love you that He was willing to die so that your sins could be forgiven. And that's exactly what He did. He died and forgave you of all your sin. Why? Because His heart beats with compassion for you. You can fill in your name where Jerusalem is. Stephen, Stephen, how I long to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks. Come, come under my wings. Come under my wings so that I can forgive your sins. Come under my wings so that you know you're forgiven. Come under my wings so that you can experience love like never before and compassion like never before. Come under them so that you can be protected from the devil and from hell. Come. I have motherly love for you, which is really weird to say because Jesus is a man, but He has motherly love and compassion for you. He is so determined to love you that no amount of sin, no amount of guilt, no amount of shame, no amount of things left undone or things done can keep Him from loving you. He is determined to love you. And that's exactly what He does. And so if you want to take home point today, here it is. Jesus' love and compassion are for you. Jesus' love and compassion are for you. And here's how this is going to impact your week this week, okay? Number one, you don't have to earn God's love this week. Or ever. Jesus is determined to love you, and He is going to love you, whether you earn His love or not, because you can't earn His love. He is determined to love you unconditionally. And then number two, if you're struggling to love somebody, if you're struggling to love It doesn't start with changing them. It doesn't start from looking deep down inside. It starts by basking in Jesus' love and compassion for you. His love, His compassion is what changes your heart to then love and have compassion for other people. Jesus' love and compassion is for you. And I pray you grow in that. I pray you find peace in that because it's that love that brings ultimate peace. May God be with you this week as you continue to grow and be strengthened in that love and forgiveness. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we praise and thank you that you have a heart of compassion beating for us. We thank you that it's beating with us so much that you were determined to love us and you are determined to love us so much that you went to the cross to pay for all of our sins. As we go about our week this week, help us to grow in that love. Help us to be at peace in that love. And help us to know that we can't earn it. You give it freely. Be with us and change our hearts today and always. Amen.
Part of the privilege that we have in worship is that when we don't live up to God's expectation, when God's Word comes and and actually confronts us with our sin, uh, just like Jeremiah confronted his people with sin and Jesus confronted his people with sin, uh, we're able to then come before God when we realize, oh no, I haven't lived up to that expectation. We're able to come before God and confess our sins and then God declares to us that we are forgiven. The purpose that we, of confessing our sins isn't to earn God's favor or anything. It's to unload that guilt, put it on the cross, and then receive God's forgiveness as He says, your sins are forgiven. So let's take a moment and do just that. We're going to uh, confess our sins using the words on page 6 or found up on the screen. Please stand as we confess our sins. Father in heaven, everyone who comes from you loves because you are the God of love. I want to be one of your children, but I confess that I have a hard time others. My determination to love goes away pretty quickly. Because I am sinful by nature, my selfishness drives out compassion from my heart. Sin leads me to think, say, and do things that are unloving toward others. I know this is wrong, and I confess I haven't lived up to your holy expectations. But I am sorry for my sins and ask you to forgive me for Jesus' sake. Here's the amazing thing about the God of of Christianity is that instead of you pursuing Him, He pursues you. Instead of you trying to make up for your sins, He pursues you and makes up for your sins. He has a heart determined to love you, so determined that He sent His one and only Son, Jesus, who was so determined to love you that He became a human. He suffered temptations. He lived perfectly. He died innocently all for you. And it's because of what Jesus has done that I'm able to announce the good news that the Bible has that because of Jesus, all of your sins are forgiven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated as we sing our song of praise. Nothing can separate us from God's love, so we're going to sing, One Thing Remains, Your Love Never Fails. that I face stronger than the power of 